Hello everybody and welcome to episode 6 of Middle Age Geeks where we aim to chat about movies, games, TV, tech and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Daz, and this is my co-host Phil. How are you doing, Philly? I'm pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's been a good week. Good week. Plenty of movies, plenty of gaming. Yeah, it's been decent. Very good indeed. Yeah, it's, uh, as you said, it's been a good week. I mean, big thanks to everyone who's been listening and supporting the podcast on social media and emailing in. The feedback has been really great and nice to hear. Coming up on this week, we'll chat about what we've been playing playing what we've been watching followed by a review of the marvels and a general chat about the state of marvel and comic book movies then our retro corner features the n64 banger blast court from back in 1997 but before um all that we can touch on some feedback that we got last week and it was from jay in australia who said that he is loving the podcast and that his list of terrible movies he wants to see and feels he needs to see is growing week by week so uh, I'm not sure if we'll add to that this week, Jay. Um, if we do, sorry about that. He also mentions that he remembers watching Tron in the cinema back in the early 80s and said it's the only film that he's walked out of. And that got us thinking into movies that we may have walked out of. If any, Phil, have you ever walked out of a movie? No, not walked out of. I remember... I think I remember tuning out and almost leaving Truman Show, right? And I love Truman Show, but when I saw it, I just wasn't up for it. I wasn't in the mood for it and just thought, God, this is garbage. And then, of course, I gave it another go. And like, I love it. I've watched it a bunch of times since. But for some reason, I just must not have been in the mood for it. But Jesus, no, I've sat through some just some fucking awesome movies. It takes a lot to get me <laughs> to stand up and walk out of a movie. Like, I, I've seen some absolute fucking tribe. And I, and I, and I purposely, like, I'll, I'll be at home and I'll, I'll actually choose to watch Tribe. I'll know ahead of time on IMDb now, you know, look, go, you know, if a horror movie has got above a five out of 10 horror on IMDb, that's good enough for me. I'll watch it. You know? <laughs> and that's such a low bar that I'm probably not the best person to ask about this. But what about you? Yeah, no, I've never walked out of a movie. I kind of, I would be of the opinion that even if a movie is utter shite, I mean, to actually have a, a review or a point to chat about it, you kind of have to sit through it just in case it gets miraculously fantastic or it all makes sense in the last 10 minutes, which never happens. But I guess Spider-Man 3 was probably the closest I've come to walking out in a movie. I saw that in India and the way they structure the films, Bollywood is kind of a two act structure thing. They have an intermission in every fucking movie, sometimes in the middle of a scene. Um, and there was an intermission during that and... Yeah, it was 15 minutes where I just sat there going, just fucking go, just, just go. <laughs> but uh, I didn't, I just got some more, some more uh, jellies and shit. I would not judge you. If that, if that was the one that you walked <laughs> in, I would not judge you. They give you a chance, no? Yeah, yeah, that's giving you the out. Like, I mean, look, no one's going to judge you. You've already paid your money. We've got your money. Walk out. We won't tell anybody, you know, it, that, what a fucking travesty of a movie that is. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, uh, one of the more controversial ones, especially with some of my friends, was The Tree of Life, a Terrence Malick's movie. I just thought it was pretentious nonsense. Wonder Woman 1984, that we saw together, was a very, very painful watch. More so because you, like, you were kind of looking forward to it. And then when it turns out that it's really shit in the bed, you're just going, oh, God. Yeah, it was one of those ones where the trailer wrote a check that the movie didn't cash. You know, they had New Order and the trailer and... Like, this could be fucking cool. And we hadn't been to the cinema in months because of COVID. Finally getting to go to the cinema and you go and it, it ends up being that fucking piece of garbage. But yeah, like that. But again, I think because we'd watched that together, we were actually having a laugh at it while we were, we were watching it, you know. Yeah, misery loves company, yeah. 
So on to what we have been playing. Philly, what have you been up to last week? Well, I'm still playing Dead Space. I've been quite busy at the moment, so I'm kind of, I'm only dipping in and out. I've only managed to get a few hours of gaming in. So I'm, I'm kind of going back to some missions that have popped up that I don't recognize from my playthrough back on PS3. Yeah, it's cool to kind of go back and do some of them. And it's just, yeah, I'm just enjoying it. I feel, I feel like they've, they've upgraded some of the weapons as well. Like a flamethrower is a lot more powerful and stuff. It's kind of, they rejigged it to enhance a lot more than just the graphics, you know? So it's a lot of fun. Still playing that. Last week I mentioned I was going to watch Pluto, the animated show on Netflix. Man, it is fucking excellent. Like highly recommended. It's like a futuristic thing where, you know, humans and robots are living together. Some robots look like, you know, robot robots. Some look like us, you know, like androids or whatever. It's like this futuristic crime mystery thriller thing. It's just so, it's so well done. Like the first episode is this great story arc with this blind composer in it. And yeah, it's just, it's really, really quality stuff. Like I haven't watched anime and anime in, in a few months. So to kind of get back into something new like this that I know nothing about, I don't know what the source material for this is. So kind of going in blind has been great, uh, but I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix if anybody's into it. Definitely worth checking out. What I wanted to ask you was, what did you think of some of the gaming news that came up this week? So the first one, obviously, very excited, is the GTA 6 trailer is going to be released next month. So fucking finally, you know, this, like, it's 10 years. Is it 10 years? Was it 2013 that we got GTA 5? 10 years, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, if I'm Rockstar, you know, I'm milking the shit out of the amount of money that they're making out of GTA Online, how much they've made out of that game in general, like billions upon billions they've made. They've made something like seven billion or something from that game. And it continues to have a huge uh, online following still. So finally getting the sequel, uh, finally getting GTA 6. I'm looking forward to seeing the, the trailer for that. And then as well, and this is one I'm a bit worried about, and that's the the news. They're, they're, it's been rumored for years that people attached that is going to be a live action Zelda movie made. So to hear that, yeah, now it's, it's, it is happening it is exciting. You know, it's great, but you are tackling a character who is essentially mute. <laughs> yeah. You know, he is like, apart from that awful cartoon from wherever it was, the eighties or nineties, apart from that, we haven't really heard Link speak. It's mostly just, you know, reactions, gasps and, you know, whoa, and this kind of stuff and nothing really. So difficult to cast him, but also, and I don't want to, you know, jump to anything, but it's just that the director has only only feature like movies he's made are those Maze Runner movies. You know, look, granted, maybe he will knock it out of the park with this. I don't know. But just for something that's so beloved, not just me, to you as well. I mean, you named your cat Link. You know, I've got Zelda tattoos like this is this is a huge, huge part of our lives for, you know, as long as we've been video gaming. So I really want to see this done right. And I was a little bit worried. Now, I. I know that it's a passion for him. I think he mentioned years ago, I saw a tweet where he had, he said it would be amazing to get to direct this movie. So I think I'm hoping that maybe he's a huge fan and he'll do it well. But yeah, I'm a little apprehensive. And the fact that he hasn't got a massive portfolio behind him um, for me to kind of go, yeah, maybe. But I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on it? When I first saw the article, I was thinking, yes, bring it on. But I, I didn't catch the live action part. It was rumored straight away after once. Once Super Mario Brothers, once that movie broke a billion, you know, it's made just under one and a half billion or something now. But once that happened, I thought that was going to open the floodgates. So like, right, yeah, Nintendo are just going to go crazy. And when Zelda was rumored straight away you're thinking absolutely yeah once they just nail the visual aesthetics and and you know fan service and all that then the more i thought about it i thought probably a zelda game would suit kind of the studio ghibli that kind of art style 
would be that would be fucking fantastic right then live action it's like uh, it's very hard to create the environments in a zelda game without copious amounts of cgi yeah and i just and and it comes down to more so super mario brothers and the voice being such a such an issue just in the trailers alone as you said link like the voice is that's the one that just terrifies me like because in my head i don't know what he sounds like and it doesn't matter hey i'm link it's just like ah fuck <laughs> where is he from what kind of accent does he have you know it's uh i'm uh excited and terrified in terms of what i was playing um i took your lead from last week and decided to give dead space a go and downloaded it oh excellent yeah 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 after uh me thinking you know that i completed it back in 2008 and realizing i only played about three hours before i ran for the hills like a, a terrified little baby um I gave it a go this time and said, right, okay, you know, I can do this. And I was getting really into it and I dealt with some nasty creatures, you know. It's like, this is this is going good. But then there was a hallway scene where the power goes out and it goes dark and you just have your flashlight and you can hear an assortment of nasty sounding fucking things. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, not a fucking chance. It was quarter to one, listening on headphones. Yeah, I had all the lights on, but it still felt like I was in a darkened room and I was eight years of age again. So, yeah, I said, fuck that. Um, Not for me. I can't do this. And I checked and that's 17 minutes into the game. (laughs) So, uh, you know what? I love your honesty, man. I love your honesty. (laughs) Yeah, but, but at least it's on Game Pass. So, you know, didn't cost me anything. But yeah, those 17 minutes were brilliant, man. Really brilliant. I must do 17-minute reviews of horror games going forward. But apart from that, I dipped my toes into Call of Duty and got through about two hours of the campaign. And apparently that's 75% of the campaign anyway. People say it's just over three hours long. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really, really bad campaign. I've kind of trailed off Call of Duty. Not really into it that much. You know, I used to like multiplayer a little bit before, you know, you just get schooled by 10 year olds now. And it's just, yeah, it's not not any fun. But yeah, bland missions, incoherent plot. And there's a thing where they shoehorn in elements. And this is fucking maddening. They shoehorn in elements of the online game Warzone into the single player game. So you have like, uh, you have, you know, you drop into a mission and then, but you don't have what you need, which is kind of mad that you're, you've been dropped in by the military without the tools you need. So you'd have to kind of try and search for them and weapons drops and stuff like that. And the weapons drops are color coordinated, you know, like, oh, this is a rare weapon drop, but this is an epic one. It's color coded like a loot shooter. And it just, makes, it just breaks the immersion, makes no fucking sense. That blew my mind. It's just like, what are they trying to do? And that just stank of what the game really is, which was a dlc for modern warfare 2 and obviously the the suits um decided uh hey we've got a few hours of content here we'll uh just charge people 80 euros for it it's not a, it's not full price is it for a, for a three-hour campaign yeah i think it's between three to four hour campaign oh that is scandalous that. and it's yeah they're getting shorter every uh every iteration it's shocking but like the gunplay is great it always is the cutscenes are fantastic like their new engine is amazing but it's just kind of a, a piss poor offering and it's kind of cheating gamers and online people are ripping it to shreds. And from that onto another game that's just cheating gamers is FIFA 24, or sorry, EAFC 24, which I bought as I do every year. And it's the exact same game with just new jerseys, a few different shoot animations, but it's the same football game it was last year and the year before. 
and the year before and the year and so on and so forth so yeah i've been playing fifa games for since 1994 so i've got every single one so yeah i'm part of the problem fuck it That is the end of our what we've been playing, watching, and so forth. So now it's on to our movie review. Over to you, Phil. Right, yeah. So it's time for our movie review. And, and we're very aware that, you know, our reviews are more, more more discussions than reviews and are, you know, so spoiler heavy that perhaps some people may not want to stick around for it. So we thought maybe we'll just try and change it a little bit. And we'll what we'll do is I'll give you the... The IMDb, um, you know, what what plot summary, and then we'll talk about what our views are kind of on the movie, our general views and stuff, you know, whether we would recommend you to go and see it, that kind of thing. And, you know, just for a few minutes and then we'll kick on into that spoiler heavy stuff. Just just so you're not having to just skip this section every week. If it's if it's a brand new movie and you don't want to, you know, you're worried you're going to have something spoiled on you or have to cut out a big part of the episode. Um, So we'll... This one, as Daz mentioned in the intro, is The Marvels, which is a 2023 release. Just came out a couple of days ago. Uh, was it the 10th? Yeah, it came out the 10th. Um, so this is the, the latest offering from the MCU. And in this one, so on according to IMDb, Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence. But unintended consequences, consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilizing universe. When her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a Cree revolutionary, her powers become entangled with that of Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, now saber astronaut Captain Monica Rambo, aka Spectrum. I think the name of that character is. That's the basic thing, you know, of it. It's it's by Neil Costa, who did um, most recently did the Candyman movie a couple of years ago, like. Competent, you know, competent enough director. But this one for me, you know, first of all, I saw the time was like, right, it's an hour and 45 minutes, quite short for a Marvel movie. And I think the first thing that kind of jumps out, as I said, not going to give any spoilers away, but it's as you can from as you can tell from the um, from the synopsis, you know, we're talking about Kamala Khan and Monica Rambo. These are characters which really when you learn about how they get their powers, you need to have watched the TV shows, you know, there's the Ms. Marvel cartoon or sorry, TV show. That's how you find out about um, Kamala Khan. Then you've got uh, Monica Rambeau, of course, is only a child in the first Captain Marvel movie. But you see her in WandaVision and how she gets her powers there. So if you have, if you don't have Disney Plus or if you haven't watched these shows straight away, you're coming into this movie on the back foot. And if you're only given somebody who doesn't have that background, if you're only given them an hour and 45 minutes of a movie and you're obviously you're not going to give a backstory on these people because you're like sorry should have watched the fucking tv show so for people i say you Daz, for example you hadn't watched those tv shows no i had so i'm going in with obviously a lot more information than you have now i i know and people might argue well look if i've read the comics i've got way more information than anybody it's like well that's different that's fucking comic books the different fair enough these are based on comics but these movies there has to be some there has to be some more information given you know you're coming in here expecting people to know what's going on like overall for me i'll just to give the basic on an overall view for me it this is this is a, a miss this is a swing and a miss it's it gets bogged down in like but bogged down in certain parts giving with all this ju- extra junk in the movie that it that aren't that isn't needed while not filling in gaps for people not even just for people who haven't seen a tv show but even so like me i've watched it all and even i'm saying shit should have spent more time explaining, you know, X, Y, and Z 
instead of spending extra time with these characters or adding in stuff that isn't important to the plot of the movie. If you're, you're making an hour and 45 minutes, you don't need this stuff that's just bloating it. Give me some more time with you know the main characters or the main story. I just find that the pacing was off. The first half of the movie, I thought, okay, this actually isn't that bad. Why is it getting slated? This isn't going too badly. It's you know it's it's reasonable enough. It's you know we're getting to, we're just getting to know the characters. So again, this is me coming in as someone who's seen the TV shows, but I was thinking, yeah, we're getting to see these characters. There's a nice bit of comic relief. There's a little bit of relationship building. Then we hit the second part of the movie, and it's an absolute unmitigated mess. Like it, it's we're jumping from from different set piece and set piece to world to world, and I'm not caring about anything because you're not spending enough time with anybody or any set piece to make me care. It's not getting the stakes are just not real enough because you're only giving me a couple of minutes here and expecting me to care about these people or these these things, events that are happening. It's just. The humor is there. It's done well by the actress who plays Kamala Khan. I think is it Iman Vellani. Iman Vellani, yeah. But she's great comic relief. I think she's probably the best part of the uh, of the movie for me. I thought she was great. She nailed that kind of fangirl, you know, Captain Marvel fangirl thing really well. The back and forth with her family is really good. Who were just massively overused. I, I suppose yeah. I'll just hand over to I'll pass to you. What What do you think? Do you agree with anything I'm saying or? Uh, no, not at all. I loved no. Um, this <laughs> is an absolute yeah. It's 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 a hit and a miss, but it's the knowledge you need to have coming into this movie is unfair, and it's 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 either extreme confidence, absolute blind faith from Marvel's point of view to release a movie that puts so much emphasis and reliance on the audience having seen not just one but several TV shows. I haven't seen these TV shows, so I, like I've, I'd seen WandaVision, so I know who Rambo is, and I know her arc per se from WandaVision, and I know Kamala Khan from you know seeing um, pictures of her on IGN or trailers and stuff like that. But I don't know her arc, I don't know her traits or her what she's gone through, anything like that. That just is so off-putting from the start. So you were saying that the first half, you know, you're going along thinking, yeah, this is it's it's not an absolute train wreck, but I. That's when I leaned over to you and I just said, I have no fucking clue what's going on. You shouldn't have to understand what is going on in the fucking movie by watching three or four TV shows or, or more. This is baffling. But yeah, I thought it was that. Just, it just started on the wrong foot for me. Yeah. Iman Vellani is who plays Kamala. She's shining light. She's the best thing in the movie. She's obviously having a ball. She just, yeah, she just loves that she's in this movie. Um, the rest of the cast is just forgettable. The villain is pretty shit. Yeah, it's not worth the the cinema money. Like it's going to be on Disney Plus in you know fucking a month, a month and a half or something probably. So I would say maybe just maybe just if you haven't watched the TV shows, maybe watch them and you'll be prepped for when this comes out. But don't spend your money going to the cinema to see it. It's um it's not worth the trip. It's not worth your precious time. Um. So with that spoiler free <laughs> review out of the way. We'll move on now to the fairly spoiler-heavy discussion side of stuff, where a lot of, a lot of expletives will be used. <laughs> well, okay, we'll have a discussion after the end of this about where Marvel is going and what, are, what they're doing from now. But this is a continuation of the mess that Phase 4 has been. Like, if you look, I think the average score for Phase 3, the Phase 4 was was 7.9 or 8 out of 10 or something on, on Metacritic. You know, it was high. Um because even the ones that weren't amazing, you know, your likes of your Ant-Man 2s and, you know, I suppose even throughout the course of the phases, you've got your 
Thor 2, Iron Man 3, you know, they're, they're not amazing, but they're still watchable and you're not, there's not a massive amount of eye rolling, like, oh, for fuck's sake, whereas there's a lot of that in Phase 4 from TV shows like, what's her face, She-Hulk, to the movies like Quantumania, letdowns, you know, and I think as we mentioned, you know, you mentioned the Miss Marvel TV show, for me, again, it's it's the actress, Iman Vellani is the best thing about it, she's what made me finish, that's, I watched that whole se- the series because I enjoyed her. I thought she brought a lot to the role. Didn't enjoy the actual role itself, the, jo- the show itself. Same way with She-Hulk. I didn't think She-Hulk was very good, but uh, Tatiana Maslany or Maslany, whatever her name is, is is very, very good in it. She's, you know, very, very likable. Brings a lot to it. Love the, the fourth wall breaks that she does in it. And she's just, she's very enjoyable to watch. Looks like she, again, is having a ball playing the role. And so that kept me watching it. But again, not a good TV show. Hawkeye, another letdown. That was just boring as fuck. I, I like that they kind of had it, or like kept it in just in kind of New York and it was a real self-contained in the city, you know, kind of show. But again, there wasn't enough there for me. The Captain America Winter Soldier, again, didn't enjoy that. I'm hoping maybe, you know, the Thunderbolts spin there. It's, it's set up a lot of bits for the Thunderbolts movie or a show whenever it comes out. But again... That was a swing and a miss. You know, it's the movies, the TV shows, and then Secret Invasion. I'm not even sure if anybody fucking watched Secret Invasion. It's just, and, and, and you know, and, and just, this is just another, yeah. I don't know if, like you said, maybe it's fucking hubris on Marvel's part. Look, look, fuck it, people are going to watch it, or people are going to pay it. Let's just throw it out there that there's not enough care being taken with these movies. I mean, the arc that led to the Infinity War the movies had their own identity. You know, you had your crime, the crime movie. That's essentially what Ant-Man was. It was a heist movie, you know, and then you've got Winter Soldier or, you know, stuff that's like espionage. You know, they, they had their own kind of vibe, but there's a lot of space ballad, you know, fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a lot of effort taken to let them be their own movies, have their own identity, but yet still get into the fold of this overarching story. And what's in this phase, yeah, I suppose this, they're supposedly linked to what's going to happen with the Kang Dynasty, but it just feels like it's every movie for itself that are just throwing it out there, going, fuck it, let's just keep pumping them out and we'll keep getting money in because it'll obviously make money back. And this one has, this is the lowest opening for a Marvel movie, and, and rightly so. Like I said, I gave these movies a lot of leeway, like yourself, we're comic book movie fans, we're comic book, comic book fans, we're comic book TV show as we superhero fans. We would give these things more, you know, as much leeway as we can. But look, we'll just get straight into it, I guess. As we said in the kind of the touch on the, in the spoiler free review, it's it's about the it starts off with how they're they're getting to switch powers. So each time they use their powers, the idea is that they end up switching between the three of them. So this is Spectrum, Ms. Marvel, and Captain Marvel end up switching powers. What's weird is that you see that happening from the kind of start, and Captain Marvel ends up going flying into Ms. Marvel's bedroom and lands in a wardrobe. You know, and Monica Rambo's in space, helping out in the space station, and she ends up switching places. Um, with Ms. Marvel. The weird thing is, though, right, she switches places, and she's in space, in a space suit. She switches places with Ms. Marvel. So the reg- they keep the regular clothes, yet Ms. Marvel appears inside the space suit. Not only does she appear inside the space suit, this, this space suit fits her. So it's a space suit that fits this young teenage girl, give her to a fully grown woman. And so why does that fit her? Why is that? If she's, and why didn't she just appear in the same place as her? Because Everywhere else, it's the same clothes. That just didn't make any fucking sense at all. They don't set up the rules well at all. They don't at all. Like, I think we, we said last week there was too much, too much fucking exposition in that Night of the Zodiac. Here, we're going, give me some exposition. You know, 
Um, and Brie Larson, like she's, we kind of, when you first see her, she's having kind of a flashback to, you're basically getting a flashback to Captain Marvel. It's saying you how she got her powers and because they want to lead into the destruction that she caused after getting her powers. But they want to show you're getting her powers. Goose is with her. Goose, that cat, or Flurkin is with her. He's able to survive in the vacuum of space. She flies down to a planet. And he's on her shoulder and just lying down in space. Random, random ass cat, random ass creature. Like they don't really explain that these things can, can breathe in space. But anyway, so you kind of go on that you find it's not it's not too long before we meet our main bad guy. Um, and I can't even remember her name. It's your one uh, Zoe. Is it Zoe Dawson? Is it? I think her name is like Durblet or something. It's fucking something begin with a D or some shit for that. Space Hammer Lady. Space Hammer Lady. Yeah, Space Hammer. Uh, Darben is her name. Because um, they all have kind of double barrel names and in, in thing. You know, they've got fucking, you know, Marvel or whatever that kind of stuff. They all have different. Anyway, that's her name. Uh, Zoe Ashton. I think I'm pretty sure she's married to Tom Hiddleston, actually. So she's basically, she's Ronan's. Uh, she's Ronan's from, from Guardians of the Galaxy. She's like his replacement. She has a big Ronan fucking style hammer. And she's on the hunt. She's on the hunt for these gauntlets. And you recognize her straight away if you've seen the TV show. Oh, we know where that is. That's fucking one of, that's one of Ms. Marvel. She has one as well. And, you know, if you get the two of them, you can, you can open up portals like these um, gateways that these have. You, you've seen them in like the Guardians movies and stuff. They have these, they're like basically almost like wormholes, jump points that will get you from one point in space to another really quickly. You, you find out straight away that like her plan is kind of, Plan is, and it's gonna. When I explain what her plan or, or what her plan is, you're gonna say that sounds familiar. So she she opens up this rift in in the in the sky in this planet, and she's sucking up their the sphere, their air, because the people on her planet don't have air, and so she's sucking that up. And if that sounds familiar to you, it should, because that is the plot of Spaceballs. Spaceballs, yeah, yeah, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they basically just stole the plot of Spaceballs. So the idea is that open up this rift. <laughs> this portal on one planet, stick it on another planet, and you gotta get their oxygen. So the people on one fucking planet are fucked, but your planet's now grand. And there's a bunch of um scrolls that have been living there and they're all fucked. So they have to go and get help to get there all to go and get help to 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 survive. And they they're pissed off and they blame Captain Marvel and so on. Um but anyway the Marvel the three of three of Marvels go and try and help the scrolls get away. Um and they manage to get most of them off but but can't save them all. Again, we're kind of cutting. What, what what's annoying is that we're not getting, we're not staying with them to hear enough of their story about getting more of okay, what's going on? Give me more information on on Darben and what life has been like on Kree since all of Captain Marvel happened. What we're doing is we're heading back to Nick Fury far too much. So Nick Fury is there and for some reason agrees to allow Ms. Marvel's parents come up to the space station. And so they're supposed to using they sort of using them as comic relief, and that, that works well in the Ms. Marvel show. It's their whole family buzz, and they're arguing, you know, ha ha, family troubles. But they're cutting to them and using them way too much. Like throw a couple of jokes in at the start when the house when their house is getting wrecked because they're all switching places and the house is getting smashed up. Sure, use the bit of comedy there. We don't need them for the rest of the movie. But yet they're being thrown in. We keep getting cutting back to the space station with Nick Fury on, and he's basically a comedian comedian now. He's so many, he, he's got zingers. Every time you cut to him, there's something hilarious happening. You know, it's basically, they're just using the space station as, look, this is where all the funny shit happens. I didn't like that. I did, as again, I said, this is a short movie. It's an hour and 45 minutes long. We, you don't have time. There's no need for that. 
they're not needed in this movie, as far as I'm concerned. No, not at all. After, after, as you said, little setup at the start, those scenes work well, you know, and you get a little chuckle. But then straight away when they go up to the space station, it just stank of, you know, the ter- or the Transformers sequels, was there's just too much emphasis on the human family or the girlfriend of the hero or whatever. And it's just why these people in the movie, when you want to pay attention to something else, they put more Transformers on screen with this you're kind of going, you already have fuck all time to tell this story and you're wasting scenes with this family on on the space station. Uh, However entertaining they may be, they're not advancing and they're not giving you anything. It's just like, ha ha ha, here's another joke. Where's the fucking story, man? Yeah. And and like we we get to this, you know, we get to this point, like right up to this part where, you know, where they're following the space space balls theme and we find that's her plan is to go and steal, go to different planets and steal their shit, basically to make her a planet all again. Yeah, steal their air, steal their water, you know, fucking hell. Yeah, but but like we're hitting the halfway point here and this is all the information. This is all we've got so far because when we hit this halfway point, this, I, I have to, I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is like, they do this in TV shows sometimes where they give us an episode where they force us to listen to the actors sing. There's one in Buffy, and I know people love it and feel very fondly about it. There's one in Buffy. There's one in in Star Trek New Worlds. I fucking hate it. I don't want to. I, I will if I, I enjoy musicals. I'll watch a musical if I want. I don't need to see it in my TV show. I don't need to see these actors singing. That's not what I watch this show. They go to this planet called Aladna because they reckon they kind of figure, oh, she's going to places where she can steal shit. And Aladdin, she's already stole air. Aladdin is like fucking 93% water. So like, well, we go, that's probably where she's going. Plus she knows that I know people there. She's probably going to go there and steal water. Let's go there, warn them. So they go there and the minute they get there, we're introduced to a bunch of singing twats. Like it is, you're introduced, <laughs> it's all places are colorful as shit. And everybody's, she's just like, oh, and there's really fuck all explanation. She walks up a shift and she's got this kind of, Hat on, the hat thing with her. He's like, what are you doing with that? She's like, oh, I'll explain when I get there. There's barely any explanation. It's just like, oh yeah, this is how they communicate. Basically, true song. That's all we're getting. Next thing, they're all jumping out as if, like you said earlier, like it's a goddamn Bollywood movie. They're all out fucking dancing and singing and explaining everything true song. And it just, that's, it just knows that straight from that point on, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? This was a terrible, terrible, terrible choice. I'm not sure why... Well, who thought this was a good idea? Like, it, was, it was embarrassing. Like it's 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 so strange to to be in in a cinema and feel embarrassed. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know anyone who made the movie, but you know, at some point, someone, <laughs> either a writer or a team of writers, sat down in a room and went, "Hey, any, anyone got a good idea for this scene we have in the middle?" <laughs> John at the back goes, "I got an idea. How about she goes to a planet where they can understand when you when you talk, they only understand if you sing." You're like, right, uh, okay, tell me more. <laughs> it's like, well, Captain America has, she actually married the prince of this place, so they worship her. All this happens off fucking screen. So much stuff happens off screen in this movie. You're literally just watching it going, I don't believe this is actually happening. Like, how how is this happening? And you, you just know, like, please don't do it, Marvel. Don't do it. She's going to sing. She's going to end up fucking singing. And then she has a dance and singing with that guy and like i had just my head were my hands just you know looking up out of pure i was just distraught just going like this is it's not even good bad it's uh it's bad bad you know you can't even have a chuckle at it because it's just it's a really hard watch and it's an astonishing choice to make where do they get where do they get those they get out fronts from like they talk to your man who's we find out oh captain marvel is apparently married to this dude she's like oh it's only a 
you know, it's a bureaucratical thing. Like it's just, you know, for whatever reason, I'm, yeah, I turns out I'm the princess here. Uh, she has to go and do a song and dance with your man. Um, and she has like a, a ball gown that's like a Captain Marvel theme ball gown. And she goes off fucking dancing around singing. It's ridiculous. But then she's like, we're going, she says to him, we're going to need outfits because the shit we have with us is just our casual, you know, our casual city clothes. So we're going to need something. They come out without like fully superhero outfits for the three of them. Like Spectrum gets, yeah, Spectrum gets an outfit that has her, her insignia on it. Captain Marvel gets one with her insignia. Ms. Marvel gets an outfit with her insignia. How did you even know they were there? They were their insignias. And why are they exactly? How did you whip these things up in like five fucking minutes? And they all fit everybody perfectly. Where did these fucking things come from? Makes zero fucking sense. Master tailors as well as master dancers and, and singers. So eventually, obviously, they end up getting it. You know, they're right. Aladdin gets attacked and they come in to to steal their water. So so we fucking, what's her face? Dar, Dar Ben, Derbla is here to, to, to steal, to come in here to steal, steal your water uh, because she's already got the air. Now she's adding the water in as well. The big huge battle, and you know, there are some cool parts in the battle. Like we're kind of getting to that part. We're still, we're still in that part where they're they haven't quite honed what it's like to switch between each other's powers. Um, which, by the way, doesn't seem to switch every time they use the powers. Just sometimes they never understand. Like what happens if all three? Because if two of them use their powers, they switch. But what happens if all three of them? Use, like they never. I, I'm, I don't know. Opens a black hole again. It's not. It's not fully explained again. But like they had cut out and obviously Captain Marvel could fly. But when she switches powers with Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel is just fucking falling through the air. So there's, anyway, there's a there's a bit of that going on. They're having a big fucking battle. And we I think around here we find we find out while this big while while the water's being nicked, we find out the reason that it's not just they're randomly taking resources from random people. It's it's people that Carol, uh, Ms. Mar or sorry, Captain Marvel cares about because when she destroyed in the first movie. Spoilers for Captain Marvel, by the way. In the first movie, uh, Kree is being run by this giant AI, um, this master AI thing, and she destroys it. But she doesn't realize what the what catastrophe that would cause. You know, it ends up causing the fucking the sun to burn out for for some reason, and the air to disappear for for another reason, and the water to disappear as well, get polluted, and a big huge war. Basically, she destroyed and a whole fucking planet, um, from causes because she destroyed this AI thing. Um, that's what she's after. They all call her the Annihilator. And but like while while we're getting that, I would like to let's go more into that. Let's hear more about that. I'd like what I would love to see is a massive flashback of because we're talking thirty years in between the, you know, the what happened in Captain Marvel, but it's set in the nineties and, and what happens now. Get show me what happens in there. Show me bits of the war. Give me a bit more background so we can add some more weight to the reason. Let me care about this character because I don't give a shit about fucking your wonder like because it's it's we're not getting anything about her background. Um, just give me some more weight to it by showing the struggle her planet have gone through. But instead, what we get is we go fucking back to the we get more flashbacks to the station, and this time Nick Fury's there, you know, and he's there and he's got. They're finding these eggs around the place, and they're not sure what's in the eggs. Well, then we go back to Carol having the big fucking heart to heart with the the girls about what happened to the uh, to to the planet, the Cree planet, and all that shit. Again, zero emotional weight to it. Like, couldn't give a fuck. There's just there's no chemistry. There's nothing there. Like, there's no, there's nothing there. Like you said, may, you know, I'm sure him and Valenti's having fun, but. There's no, there's nothing there to make you go, oh, there's actually any weight to this. I couldn't give a shit. I don't think Captain Marvel actually gave a shit that she destroyed the planet either. 
Is that the scene with the 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 tear? I don't know if that's the scene no. with the tear. It could be. Oh yeah, that's coming up, coming up soon. The, te- the magical disappearing tear. But yeah, we get she's explaining what happened to the to Cree and all the rest of it. No fucking weight behind it. But we have to get a bit of stuff happening back on, back on the space station to keep us interested in that apparently. So the egg, there's eggs everywhere, and they all start hatching. And what's inside them? Cats. Those flurkins. Those goddamn fucking flurkins with the. Again, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, the flurkin is a cat that shoots like like tentacles out of its mouth and can swallow giant things and pull them into very small spaces inside its stomach. It doesn't automatically kill them or anything, but just is able to whatever it does. I'm sure the comic books explain it well. Fucking gobble up fucking you know, people, fucking couches, whatever, and just suck them up into its stomach. Um, so these things are spawning all over the station. They're eating bits and pieces, and they're eating fucking staff members and all sorts. So we we, we find then that yeah we we find then that the next plan is that because she's been targeting these places to to get their shit, we now find that she, they need a son, and so they're going to take the Earth son. Because again, it's people. She couldn't have any old son, but it's one the people that Carol cares about because they want vengeance for what she's done. And obviously, this is causing shit that space station, space station is going to fucking crash and da da da. So they have to get away to get people to safety. But all the pods have been ejected. There's not enough pods per people. So what they do is they allow the flurkins to eat shitloads of staff staff members. Like people are just getting gobbled up left, right, and center for these flurkins because it's better to have them inside a little cat than it is to have like 10 people into a pod so it means that the whole family can cram into a ship even more hilarious as it you know curtles back towards earth it's family members it's fucking what's his face nick fury and a whole mess of cats you know it's just it's fucking stupid but anyway on our in our main characters they're having a big face off with your one darvan because she yeah it's a terrible because, yeah, she's trying to open up this thing. And what she ends up doing is she she gets a hold of Ms. Marvel's bracelet. Now she's got two of them. What happens is she ends up tearing a, a hole in the fabric of rea- into another reality. There's a big, huge fucking interdimensional fucking rift. Now, there's some sort of blast goes off. I think, think maybe when your one gets her gauntlets or gets the two gauntlets, that all of a sudden they stop jumping. Their powers stop jumping between them. They don't really say why but their powers stop jumping between them but captain fucking marvel goes out to fight darben out in space after she's opened this big fucking rift and darben ends up getting killed but the rift is then open and they have to get it shut so spectrum says right if you both shoot your magic powers into me that'll supercharge me i'll be able to go in and close off this rift Hmm. she's very knowledgeable actually about these things yeah oh it's like it's, it's unreal she knows so much um, exactly how she's going to be able to do it so she goes in into the she flies through space and like at this point she's had to use a spacesuit in space she also wasn't able to fly properly just on earth's gravity even nick fury tells her at one point to use her magic black girl powers <laughs> to go fly up to save someone in the air yeah so but she realized she somehow knows that if she gets shot by, by magic powers by the other two she'll be able to fly into space without a spacesuit and shut this thing down. So she goes through to the other side, into the other dimension, and she shoots her magic space powers, and she's shutting down this wormhole, which is going to keep the two universes separated so there's not a big fucking cataclysmic just uh, disaster. Uh, Captain Marvel tries to fly out to catch her and bring her back in, but your one spectrum knew it was a one-way trip. She manages to, she manages to just close it, but she's stuck on the other side. Again, there's no... 
there's no emotional weight. Like you're supposed to care because she's her aunt, you know, that's left when she was younger. And like, I think maybe the point you were talking about, I think it's a little bit earlier, actually, the point where she has the magic tear that disappears. She's telling Captain Marvel that, what, how could you, how could you believe? Like we, we needed you. Like, how could you have left? You, you never came back to me, she says. You promised you'd come back. It's a throwaway line to a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She left to save galaxies. That's where she's been for decades. She's been flying around, saving millions of people, just because you didn't have an aunt, your, your fantastic aunt around. Like, we needed you. She goes, people needed me. Well, we needed you. You needed what? Someone to go out and bring you to the cinema and have the crack with you. Like, she was <laughs> off saving Tens of okay, fair enough. She destroyed one little planet, you know, whatever. But she's been off. But she's been off saving people left, right, and centre. She's been working with the Avengers and all sorts. She doesn't have fucking time to be hanging out with you. Like, does that see? And she, she said she has a tear down one cheek, Captain Marvel, and then when it cuts back to her, wasn't it? The next scene is just gone. Like it's a CGI tear. Like they, they couldn't even muster up um, a fake tear. And even in movies, you know, they have this spray that they can spray at you. You know, it doesn't show up on camera, but it'll get you to well up. You know, and it's a last resort. They didn't even bother that. They said, "Ah, we'll just CGI in the the tear." Three seconds later, they cut back to her and it's fucking gone. Like, oh God, lads, what are you doing? Yeah, that that was shocking. And yeah, yet another emotionally flat scene. You just don't care, like. No, and Captain Marvel, you know, that we're back onto Earth now. We've should, the world is being saved. We land down on the planet, now and but your Captain Marvel, we Cap, Captain Marvel realizes she she has to go and finish a job that she hadn't done. So at, at some point, again, how Spectrum got the knowledge, she tells her what you could do is you could use your magic powers to restart that sun. And she's like, well, how do you know I can do that? And she goes, well, I've done a bunch of shit I could done today that I've never done before. How do you know? Because you've done a bunch of shit today you've never done before. It means that she's going to have to be able to restart the star. And if she could have done it, why didn't someone tell her earlier? People have been dying for three decades. People have been dying on this planet. They've been living in darkness. They haven't been able to breathe. The water is polluted. They have no sun. Horrific conditions for 30 years. She was able to fix it all along. She's flying into it. <laughs> so she flies into the sun. She resets it. And the sun explodes and fucking you know starts to rise and then the people it, it shows people on the planet looking up and going wow look at the sun they don't they smile yet some of these people would not have been alive and have never seen the sun before because this is 30 years ago and the people they're shown looking up are incredibly young they've never seen the sun and they just look up and smile you should be horrified what the fuck is happening there's a massive fucking explosion in the sky lads <laughs> there's none of that it's just like we're gonna uh, die yeah <laughs> Wow, thanks, Captain Marvel. You know, that's just, it's just, it's just not explained at all. Like, I mean, anyway, we then, yeah, so we're, we're covering, at the end, I suppose they fucking plan to stay in touch. She's talks to, they're talking about how much they love Monica and hopefully he'll get to see her again and da da da. Um, I would just cut in and I'll just cut into the stinger because there's one after credit scene we might as well touch on before we talk. You can tell me more. I know I've been, I've been doing most of the talking here, but. There's, there's a stinger where she wakes up in a hospital room and she looks beside her and the actress that plays her her mother, she's sit beside her in the hospital bed. She calls her mom, but your one doesn't recognize who she is. Like, I don't know who you are. And you can hear a voice in the background that we all recognize. And then it basically cuts around and it's Beast from the X-Men. And that's fucking cool because I'm dying for, you know, a reboot of the X-Men because that the last two movies were... Yeah, like the... the, the What's it called? Phoenix, Phoenix Dark and, Phoenix. 
VR Phoenix and Apocalypse were both fucking miserable excuses for movies. Whereas, you know, Days of Future Past and First Class were great. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm dying for a remake, a remake of those. So it was cool to get that. I would be over the moon if um if if it has Kelsey Grammer playing the CGI beast all day long. Nothing against Nicholas Holt at all, but like give me that nineties x-men vibe again yeah 100 percent. so she finds out and then she, your one goes i'm not your mother and she looks up and your the one is wearing who she thought was her mother is wearing i don't know what superhero she is but she's wearing this full-on superhero outfit and she just has a kind of oh shit here we go again kind of, that's just something like <laughs> shit like it's not like oh my god i'm stuck in another dimension you're not my real ma who is that gigantic blue hairy dude it's like a real Oh, what have I got myself into now? Kind of thing. <laughs> the end of a, <laughs> the end of a sitcom, you know, where everyone just laughs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just she's got a wink at the camera, or the the camera will zoom in. You know, a black ring will just slowly in, like make it a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. That's all, folks. You know. <laughs> but anyway, it it just it, it was just a weird note to end on because that's the last thing we see because there's no after credits. After credits, it's just that one after credits scene. Yeah, that's my you know million words a second fucking run through of this movie and it's just like I'm, I'm pissed off because we said we said as i said fucking last week he said i don't want to be fucking podcast talks about shit movies every week and now it's fucking three movies in a row and we're gonna have to do like fucking citizen kane or godfather next week or <laughs> yeah. something because we're yeah we're like we're on a really bad roll here um i, I i'm just pissed off that we've gone into <laughs> another movie i'm not like i i wasn't expecting a massive amount but first couple of trailers led me to believe this could be okay. The one where they used Intergalactic in it, I was like, oh, that's fucking pretty sweet. But then the last, the most recent trailer that came out like a week before, it looked shit. That showed the desperation. The marketing for this movie was kind of a mess. Like one of the trailers was, you know, the kind of more joyful, fun. This is going to be a bit of crack. Yeah, look at them. They're switching powers. You know, haha, this is a lot of fun. Um, and then the next trailer was a bit more serious and trying to be a bit more poignant. And then the final trailer, which was a surefire sign that they knew they had a fucking shit show on their hands where they start the trailer with the Avengers theme featuring Iron Man and then Captain America. Basically like, hey, remember when our movies were good? You know, <laughs> you kind of got an Iron Man's not in this movie. Captain America, not like it's just stank of desperation. That final trailer straight away. I said, this is they know it's not good their box office predictions and the numbers were really down you know and even like the main bad guy like yeah zoe ashton like they don't it's like they don't care about it like they give her death like when they she's doing the whole thing she's just after getting the bangles like she gets fucking killed in like a split second and that's the end of her there's no fucking talking about her again they give her so little attention like they there's like yeah the makers of this movie know that they couldn't give a shit about her they know we couldn't give a shit about her and that's why there's no weight to her death the final fight sequence yeah lasts about 60 seconds she gets the bangles oh yeah i'm all powerful a little bit of a fight out into space now she's dead I'm like oh okay the movie's missing a, a 15 minute bit there where she gets overpowered and they go oh fuck what are we gonna do they they, they kind of add they try to add a bit of oh a bit of stakes to it like by saying like this is it's it's at it's during that scene where she's after getting you know almost bested by Captain Marvel she's pinned down she has this thing stuck in her and she's like okay Captain Marvel's obviously won the fight um and she's trying to say I didn't mean to do it I didn't mean to destroy your planet but again there's not enough of that I, I would like for her to be Give me more of her being just overrun by her hate. You're spot on there. I mean, like, there are no interesting, like, themes or secondary themes in this movie at all. Like, like towards the start, when in that first kind of evacuation, 
when they steal their air. And Captain Marvel tells her, you know, we save who we can. And you see a scene where there's loads of people left behind and, you know, they they obviously get killed. And that could have been an interesting thing to uh, explore, you know, the harsh realities of being a superhero movie or something. And that's, you can't save everyone. And they, But that's just glossed over. Yeah, I genuinely thought what you're saying there, exactly that was that they were going to use that because when she's, you see how disgusted Kamala is, like Ms. Marvel is, by this happening. She's like, we're just going to leave people there. You save again. I thought, wouldn't that be great to show her, 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 because that, that's her hero she's seeing. And now she's seeing her hero in a completely different light. Why not have a bit of angst between the two of them now where she's like, you're not the person I thought you were. You can have like a fucking animosity between the two of them. Yeah, her hero is, how could you let those people die? I wouldn't let that do it. And then she has to learn a hard lesson that, okay, you can't always say everybody like that could be a really interesting story between the two of them. But no, no, she just keeps fangirling for the rest of the movie, you know? Yeah, expanding on that word, she just, she's not only, she realizes that about like, that she's a kind of cutthroat superhero. We save what we can, but also it's like, maybe she realizes that her hero is actually responsible for all those millions of deaths on that planet. And just, oh my God, like you're, you're not the, the hero. I thought something like that, give it a bit of weight or a bit of an arc where they can come around. And then when they team up again and get over their differences or, or just come to some kind of bonding or something, it's just, uh, no, no, no. Here's, as you say, more cats, more singing. It's like, fuck off, man. I, 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 I don't know the actor that the prince, the prince guy that she's singing with on that planet, who I, I'm pretty sure. I know I wasn't really looking at the extras too much, but I think he might be the only Asian guy on that planet. Um, that the like, yeah, is, is he, is he, he must, is he a famous a, Asian actor or something like that? Because I don't, I don't recognize him. Um, but he's on the posters, despite being in the movie for like all of five minutes. He's on the posters and everything. So I don't know. It must be some marketing ploy for different territories, yeah. It, it was just, it was so weird. They have him in the in the promos. He's on the posters and stuff, but he's barely in it. He doesn't really have too many lines. I'm pretty sure I can see the outline of his cock in his outfit as well, which I didn't enjoy. Um, <laughs> but it's it's but it's it's it, but actually so on that as well. They they really they they did something that they did with Gal Gadot is they they have multiple gratuitous ass shots of Brie Larson and I won and and her chest as well and I wonder because there was she got an awful hard time in the lead up to the Marvel movie because people took you know people took shots of her like you know or just like on set or just having a fucking coffee on set but in the outfit complaining at her complaining about her body which is fucking not cool um really not cool I don't know if they decided well let's just fucking show them because it's just like why are you really purposely calling attention to it now that they gave her extra tight suits in this She's wearing a super tight tank top and stuff. And it's not to the point where, okay, I'm just noticing because I'm a fucking, you know, a straight guy. Oh, they frame it that way, yeah. yeah. It, they, they're framing it that way, you know, and it's just, it's a bit, that, did, that didn't, that didn't, that was that seemed a little unnecessary. If that's all we have to say with the movie, maybe we can kind of talk a little bit about what this means for, for Marvel in general. I think you can already see the desperation now in how these things are being received. If you look at what's happening with the release dates, everything's getting pushed back. Like there's reshoots for for movies that are you know that were supposedly coming out they're being shot back and re reshot. I think that I'm fairly sure Mahershala Ali is going to be celebrating his fucking 70th birthday by the time they finally were <laughs> played out. Like that's they're talking like the end of 2025 for that now. He got a stinger in like a voice stinger in the Eternals, which was two years ago. So we're talking four years before we like between those two movies before we actually see him in this role. And great, it's getting the fucking or rating and that's great and I hope, I'm sure he'll be badass he's he's an absolutely phenomenal actor 
But that movie and others just seem to be getting pushed back. And is it them going, shit, we need to change what our ideas were for these things? I was going to say, I wonder, I wonder, are they going to have to look at some rechanging like actors and stuff? Like, I don't know what's happening with Jonathan Majors. Um, you know, you see him, he was in Loki and he was in uh, Quantumania, but he's so much stuff on happening off, you know, in his private life. So if those, if those accusations are true or... And he's very important to their plan, you know? Yeah, exactly. So either whether the accusations are true or what happens to them, I don't know, will they try and distance themselves either way? You know, will they say, because, or will they just push ahead and people and risk the backlash of people saying, well, look, you know, this guy's been investigated for what he's been investigated for. Why are you continuing to push ahead with him in your movies? Will they, being who they are, wanting to make people happy in general, you know, will they say, fuck it, let's just change it? They could, they could easily change it. I mean, he's, he's, his character Kang, they could just come up with some bullshit excuse. I mean, if you're, you can look at a little information they give us in a movie like this. They could throw it out, have a different actor play him and say, what happened? Oh God, look, something's after happened to him. He's now after disguising himself as something else. And, and they just change a different actor. Give us a two second, you know, a 10 second explanation of why it happened. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that, but they're hanging so much of their future, you know, phases and building up towards this Kang dynasty and, and stuff. It's he's massively central to their plans. And this whole Kang stuff is massively central to their plans. Again, you really need to watch the TV shows as well. Like it's phases one to three, you didn't need to see the TV shows. You know, I think they actually, I, I'm not even sure if they were. I, you know, I think there was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever on, but, they, you know, none of them, they're inconsequential. You don't need to see any of this stuff. Now, if you're going into these movies now, if they're going to start pitching them like they are with what just happened with, with Marvels, is that what we are going to have to expect going forward, that everybody's going to have to make sure we're watching every episode of these TV shows to keep up with it? Like, I I loved Loki. Two seasons were great. Tom Hiddleston's great. Fucking... Uh, on Wilson is great. Everybody's brilliant in Loki. It's a fucking, it's a great, great show. It's it's the best thing they've done in this phase for me. But if you're if you don't watch it, if you're just a cinema goer, and then your only only thing so far from Kang is Quantumania. That's what all you've seen. You know, you're going you're going off Quantumania, and I don't think anybody should see that movie because it's fucking terrible. But that's all you're going off to 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 know who Kang is and, and what the whole issue around time is and time space because all of that is get explained in Loki. So if you're building your next phase of something, yeah, you're building your phase on something that's being explained in a TV show that people may not watch unless they have Disney Plus or they pirate it. So people just aren't watching it. Like you, you, you're a big cinema goer. So you're going to go to the cinema, but chances are you might not watch any of these TV shows. And you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to watch a TV show to know what's going on in a movie. Many of them being subpar, substandard TV shows. Like you shouldn't just have to get through them to be able to enjoy your cinema outings. Like, as we said before, you know what Marvel did with the uh, uh, with the Thanos timeline, essentially. You know, what they did was incredible. You know, over 20 movies spanning like 11 years. Majority of them were, were good to great. You know, a few misfires. But, you know, many of them pretty great. And quite a few that were pretty exceptional in my book. There was this overarching sense of, of dread throughout those movies. You know, they're all they're self-contained, but they're just all connected. You knew that Thanos was coming and it was just... It just added an extra weight to every movie that it was it was relentless. Where this one, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. We know what their plan is from their roadmap and Kang Dynasty. But as you say, like we're fucking how many movies in now? And I've seen Kang once in one movie. We've done we've done more in phase four. Yeah, there's more like the phase four has more time put into its screen time as in TV and you know thing. 
than all the other phases combined. You know, it, it's you've 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 could have done a, a, a whole Thanos arc already between the TV shows and the movies, the amount of stuff that they've covered. Yet we're still no further along to seeing anything awesome, like a big bad. Like at this point, you know, they've already completed what should be a Thanos level buildup of movies, TV shows, the whole lot. Whereas we've only seen Kang in one movie. We're into phase four. How many movies, TV shows, hours upon hours upon hours, and we get little bits of tied into what this whole multiverse thing is. But for the most part, we've still gotten fuck all, you know, and it's just you're dragging the arse out of it. You know what I mean? And that's why people, people mention, uh, you know, the lower box office. I say lower box office, like I was looking at the numbers and, you know, Black Widow, Shang-Chi and Eternals, they all made about 400 million, you know, but they weren't expected to make a lot. But Spider-Man made 1.9 billion. Pretty ridiculous. And Doctor Strange, Thor and then Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, they all made in around 900 million. People talk about it. Is it because of superhero fatigue? And it's not. It's just it's the lack of quality. Like it's the, just the movies are not good. And there's less of them than there was up to 2019. I was looking at what's to come. I mean, I'm not really going to go into the TV shows, but like, yeah, let, let's say TV shows actually that we have seen. I don't know if you've seen all these, but like WandaVision I saw, Falcon the Winter Soldier didn't see, Loki didn't see, What If didn't see, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, I'm Groot, uh, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Haven't seen any of them. I've seen them all. Fucking <laughs> 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 fair play, man. Yeah. yeah, but the next best thing like on their kind of roadmap is Deadpool next July. That's the only, that's the only MCU movie schedule for next year now only one yeah follow like and straight away after that you've got agatha ironheart like who gives a fuck about these characters um yeah two throwaway characters for me i know they're throwaway characters but i'm kind of hoping that it's one of these things that they end up knocking it out of the park you know because people aren't expecting it like when you when they announced one division you know even the name one division like what the fuck this is I, that was the one that was the one i thought was going to be the biggest letdown when they were naming others and i i, I loved one division so i'm kind of hoping i'm really well I don't. I don't think. I don't think Ironheart's going to be any use. I didn't think. I didn't enjoy the character in uh, Wakanda Forever. Daredevil: Born Again. Hope, hoping be good, but there was a complete overhaul of that production. I think the writers and producers and showrunners left it after numerous episodes had been had been written. So the, you know, kind of worried about that one. Then, as we say, movies wise, you've got Deadpool next year. Then you got Captain America in twenty twenty five, and just I'm still not sold on Anthony Mackie as Captain America. Just yeah, didn't see the show. Didn't really give a shit about it then you've got fantastic four thunderbolts and blade but they're all in 2025 kang dynasty 2026 avengers secret wars in 2027 and it's just it seems like they're putting everything into the tv shows again there just there's more of them in production you know it's i just think they're meandering out of control i think they know it as well i think they they are they are going how are we going to fucking end this you know how are we going to end it if kang doesn't work out and it's not working out box office if if it continues to fail you know if people stop watching tv shows i mean the numbers are down for tv shows across the fucking board anyway it's uh it's kind of worrying like it is but look, I think that's enough. I think maybe Marvel for one day, we've, we've spent most of our, our thing having to bitch about them. So maybe what we'll do is we'll call it there on, on our on our Marvel slash movie section. And maybe what we could do is now is hear from you on what's going on in our retro corner. Okay, cool. So this, this episode, it shows a banger from 1997, Blast Corpse on the Nintendo 64. Uh, the Nintendo 64 had just been released in Europe that March. It was released in uh, Japan, America the previous September 1996 and, and more on that kind of release window debacle later. The N64 had a slow enough start. 
in America. <laughs> it actually released with just two games, Pilot Wings and Mario 64, um, and this increased to six games for the European release. But Blast Corp was developed by Rare and released in February 1997, and the game pits you in a race against time to stop a runaway truck carrying a nuclear missile from crashing into well anything in its path and each mission begins with like a camera sweeping across a map showcasing all the obstacles that are going to be in the missile carrier's way buildings rivers you know you name it and um you control an array of vehicles then you're given specific vehicles at the start of each level and you have to make a path for this uh, runaway missile character by smashing everything you can it's a bonkers concept that that rare came up with at the time but that adds to its uh adds to it being, I guess, a positively enthralling game to play. Things start simply enough. Uh, you start with a bulldozer and you need to level um, a few buildings. And it's quite frantic because you're moving the camera around as you're trying to demolish a building and you think you're okay. And then you move the camera slightly to your left, realize the missile carriage is right beside you. And it's just like, fuck. And it's quite frantic and frenetic. Things start to get more and more complex when you are given multiple vehicles to command with the ability to jump out of the vehicles and your little human you can control to <laughs> terrible graphics like but running over to the next vehicle it builds slowly but the tension wraps up to quite chaotic levels many a controller was launched across the room back in the day uh jesus christ and um, the frustration during my time with this game but that frustration you realize you'd fucked up and it was never the game but what made it so entertaining was the fact that you had to master these vehicles and use them to speedily and efficiently clear a path but from a game design perspective uh, Rare really outdid itself because each of the vehicles had its own style and when you learn how to use them um, and use them all to the best of their abilities, it's quite remarkable what you can achieve with them. I'll go through the vehicles quickly. You had a Ramdozer, which is your standard bulldozer, your Backlash, which was a construction truck, which you had to master power sliding around and smashing into buildings. Incredibly rewardable, really tricky to use. Side swipe, uh, a thing that just has battering rams on its side. You had ballista, a rocket firing motorbike, skyfall, a buggy that can launch itself into buildings and, and explode on contact. Phenomenal. You had a range of cars and police cars, um, including a few awesome bonus cars like the Jukes of Hazard, Starsky and Hutch, and even the A Team van. There are also levels that require you to use cranes and trains and ferries. And the best section, there is a selection of giant mechs. One was called Thunderfist, which just ran around punching and rolling into buildings. Uh, there was Cyclone, another one who kind of jumps around and does the same thing, but just kind of does front flips into buildings. Just fucking madness. Like, But my, my personal favorite was a thing called J-Bomb, which is a giant mech with a jetpack. Say no fucking more, you know, you can fly up above a building, like 10 to 15 story building, and then just dive bomb straight through the building, leveling it in seconds. It's like destruction on a glorious, glorious scale. But the missions get to a point like where you have to jump from vehicle to vehicle in frantic fashion, constantly against the clock where you've just got this missile carrier right behind you. And it gets pretty bonkers. Like one mission had you going from your construction digger to a motorbike to controlling a crane to drop a piece of metal to form a bridge. Then to get some TNT, put it onto the bridge and get a crane to move it across a river to blow up a wall. <laughs> All the while, while this fucking missile character is right behind you. And if if you didn't, if you messed up in any way, which by my uh, stories of throwing controllers happened quite a lot, you just got a, an explosion scene where the missile carrier just explodes and destroys the whole city or planet. A few game stats about it, like it was Rare's first Nintendo game. 
and they would follow it with Goldeneye, Banjo-Kazooie, Conker, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Banjo-Tooie, Perfect Dark, and Killer Instinct. That was all on the N64. Was, they were churning out stuff for for that console because this game actually only took a year to develop or just over a year which is kind of crazy given today's crazy production um, cycles it sold over a million copies yet criminally never got a sequel it had what was at the time a very short inverted commas completion time which is like 10 to 12 hours which by today's standards it's quite long especially compared to the Call of Duty shit show I played uh, this week <laughs> It's 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 it this it's so interesting to hear you talking about it because it's one of the few times where it's a game you've played that I haven't, and especially because as I said, I love rare rare games, so I never actually played this, and I remember the box vaguely. It's really interesting. I'm trying to get this mental picture in my head of what it looks like. I've only seen a little bit of the trailer, but it sounds fucking rad. Oh, it's, it was fantastic. Like it was, it just seemed like a game before its time. It's it's always on Nintendo's kind of hidden gems lists, even though it sold that that many copies. You can play it obviously on. If you have an N64 um, or um, Steam Deck or if you're into any any of those dark arts. But the funny thing is Blast Corp, it was actually, it was Rare's first game. However, in Europe, it released after their second game, Goldeneye. And that's where we get into this madness because after going back and just looking at some of the dates, I realized that this was back then, 1997, like pre-internet, but this was back when you had crazy discrepancies between release windows in the states japan and, and america both for games and movies blast corps released let's say in september 1997 in europe but it was march in america which was bananas and that era of games 1997 was so devoid of information like as you're saying pre-internet you know we scoured magazines and obscure tv shows if you could find them to um get any information on games at all and, and release dates like i would get release dates from magazines printed weeks maybe a month before i'm actually reading it you know and like many others at, at that time i went <laughs> i went into town to pick up this game on release date like only to be told that it hadn't been released that day and that's the only information you got just the person behind the counter saying it's not out today so then you ask um when when is it out is it next week or and they just give you nothing they just say it's not out so that sad trip home with gaping hole in your heart um, as your whole day would be planned around playing that game. And I, I would regularly on release day take the day off, basically plan my whole day around playing that game for eight to ten hours, maybe more. That's just what you did. And coming back after Blast Corp not being there in the shop and then having to wait for the next issue of the magazine to see if there, there had been an update. And then to realize, you know, you're just waiting around for about five more fucking months for the game. <laughs> Do you remember stuff like that back in the day? That crazy shit? Like, yeah, 100%. Even when we were working in the video game store, I mean, yeah, okay, the internet was out and about, but like the video game sites like IGN or a few other ones that would have been up and running back then in the early 2000s, they still didn't have insider knowledge at this point like they would now, where they're getting stuff way in advance. Even they wouldn't know, you know, and, and, we're working in a video game store without access to the internet. And so people are coming into us saying, is so-and-so out? And, nope. It's like, but have you got release dates? I'm like, hang on a second. I have the printed list that head office has sent us that I can have a look and see. And that's all the info we have, you know? And they're saying, well, the magazine says this day. And I said, well, I print this thing I have printed from the head office says this date. That's all the information I have for you, mate. I got nothing else. And there was no other way to get it. It was just, you're at the mercy of whenever it came out. And I, okay, Delays weren't anywhere near as bad as like what you would see today. You know, like like look at Cyberpunk, how long that took to come out. You know, you you weren't really seeing stuff as bad as that, say. But 
you're still, as you said, if you're if you're told this game's coming out on fucking you know November or whatever, and you're fucking looking forward to it, it's you've put money aside, it's it's on your calendar to go and pick it up, and it's the it's like you said, it was the lack of information, it was the getting there and being told by some dickhead behind the counter, no, sorry, it's not there, or working in the game store and wait, knowing that the the, sh- the shipment's coming in that day, and then it just doesn't. It's like you did where the where the fuck is it, you know? And then you wait next week, and it's still not out. You're like Oh, and then you find out through the grapevine, oh, that got pushed back. Like, well, no, why didn't I last weekend when I fucking told, you know, the girl I was seeing or the lads that I'm fucking hanging out with that they can fuck off because I'm planning staying in and smoking a joint and playing this new game that now it's just, don't know when it's coming out. Hard luck, like, you know. So on that note, yeah, we will wrap up episode six of Middle-Aged Geeks. Give us a like and follow on social media. And if you have any suggestions, like movies that you haven't been able to sit through, or if you have any comments on some of the Marvel stuff we've been chatting about, do get back to us with some feedback at middleagegeeks at yahoo.com. Um, any final thoughts from yourself, Phil? Oh, just to reiterate what you're saying, you know, give us a follow or a, or a like or whatever on uh, on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please, God, next week we will have something fucking decent to review. I, 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 got, I will make it. We're not going to see a new movie. I'm going to pick, so we're going to... Like about change the schedule around of what we have coming up to make sure it is something good next week. Um, but yeah, just echo what you're saying. Just yeah, just thanks for listening. Super. Okay, so from me, Daz, and from Phil, thanks for listening, and have a super week. <laughs>